welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is the podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. Uh, so welcome to the show, Lachlan. Yeah, hi, Belinda. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to hear more about uh, what you do. Uh, and more specifically, what exactly is Check and Flag Media? So Check and Flag Media is a business that I started actually when I finished high school, way back in 2007, because I always wanted to get into doing media within the motorsport industry and decided that Check and Flag Media was a name that pretty well encapsulated everything that I wanted to do. So mm-hmm. I kept it going all the way through university, um, which I studied at Charles Sturt University, a degree in journalism from 2008 through until end of 2011. And then after that, worked a couple of full-time jobs, but Check and Flag Media was always there running in the background and then beginning of 2017, took it full time. So that's a business that provides media and communication services, obviously specialising in the motorsport industry. And yeah. the main services include commentary for racing events and series and media and PR services for drivers, teams, categories and series. Fantastic. Well, you've certainly done a lot of work um, in your, say, around about 10 years Checker Flag's been going for. What's your favourite part? Uh, <laughs> my my favourite part? I, I've always loved motorsport commentary. I think that's probably been my passion and that you can go all the way back to when I was at high school and really enjoyed public speaking and debating and being able to talk in front of an audience and also, obviously, fell in love with motorsport. So it was a question of how do I combine my talent for speaking with my passion for motorsport? And that was when I decided that I wanted to become a motorsport commentator. Along the way, I also found that I was really good at building relationships with drivers. Um, Again, going back to when I was at high school, I was doing some work for a driver by the name of Ian Kegg, who was racing in the Lotus Series, which back then was one of the support categories for the V8 Supercars Championship. I liked interviewing drivers and then writing race reports and media releases for them. So, yeah, I I discovered that I had this ability to talk and write about the sport. And uh, that's basically the beginnings at a very elementary level for how I got to where I am today. Oh, fantastic. And when you went to uni, um, were you doing all your papers around motorsport? (laughs) It's funny that you ask that, actually. Um, There's definitely more than one university assignment where I might have handed in a bit of work that I'd done, (laughs) be it an article for a magazine or a press release for one of the drivers that I was working for and had that marked as an assignment because, hey, if you can kill two birds with one stone, why not? Exactly. Why not? I think that's a brilliant idea. Sorry. And so how did you get into motorsport? Uh, you mentioned a few times that it's a passion. Have you like driven yourself before? Or is it just something that you've always admired? Always enjoyed probably the, the analytical side of the sport. So I think my dad took me to Bathurst in 2001 and being the long distance race that it was, I was just captivated by the, the strategy and the facts that there were storylines that unfolded and, you know, different cars that were leading at different stages during the day and it all built up to this climax and this exciting finish at the end. And I, I think from that point on, I fell in love with the sport, but particularly the 
the strategic and the analytical aspects of the sport. And I've always, from that point on, I've always found endurance races in particular to be my favourite form of motorsport. And so other than the commentary side of things, um, you're saying that you do the media, PR for categories and stuff. What's your favourite um, component of all of those services that, that you actually offer? Probably the most satisfying thing for me is assisting my clients to gain publicity. It's very satisfying when, for example, you put together a media release that has a good story angle and then you see that being picked up by journalists, particularly in the mainstream media, so newspapers, you know, or in motorsport media outlets, or if you put together a video news release, for example, which is something that I, I do as well, and you see that getting a run on the news, it's very satisfying when you can look at that and you can say, hey, I did the work to make that happen. Yeah, and, is, and how does it come about going to Main Street? Are they through your contacts? Like, do you send it there? Or is it a matter of them picking it up via Facebook or your blogs? I think it's a bit of both. I think it's building relationships with journalists definitely helps. And sometimes you do need to put yourself out there a bit and you have to be not afraid to make a phone call, you know, and pitch the story. You do have to go into that sort of salesperson role. Hey, I've got a good story for you. This is why you should run it. It's often it's not good enough just to send out a media release and expect that they're going to pick it up. You do actually have to be a bit proactive. But also, I think, and again, this comes back to my background as a journalist, with the increasing pressures on journalists now, particularly in some of the local newspapers, they're having to do everything and they're having to do a lot of different stories on a lot of different topics. So if you can make it easy for them to run the story by providing them with everything that they need in terms of written content, but also images as well, that's going to increase the chances of the story being run. So, you know, where I come into it in terms of the service that I provide is that journalistic expertise, if you like, and the fact that because I do have that journalistic background, I am good at writing stories in a newsworthy fashion that literally can be cut and pasted and, and published as news articles. Mm -hmm. And how, do you have any tips or recommendations how drivers of any capacity can actually get some PR? Is there any like tips of the trades that you can provide? Yeah, I think, and I know that obviously Motivate's obviously focused on, on the driver side of things, but the, the best advice that I could give any driver is to start local because a lot of the local media outlets are starved for content. And again, if you can provide it to them in a format that is easy for them to run, then there's every chance that they will give it a run. And I think the other thing as well is that a lot of those local newspapers, they're covering you know, local rugby league or touch footy matches or sports that are at a very grassroots low level. But if you can give them something that's a bit different, and motorsport often is different yeah. to what they're usually going to write about, that's often a good point of difference that makes it a bit more interesting for them as well. And you mentioned before about doing video press releases. Do you recommend if they're starting out to do video, is that what the editorials are looking the editors, sorry, are looking for? Video editorials or is it more written? Or it, it sort of depends almost geographically in a lot of respects as well. Because if you're living in a metropolitan area, then chances are you send a video news release to Channel 9 or Channel 7 News in Sydney or Melbourne, if you're a driver competing at a grassroots level, they're probably in reality not going to be interested because they've got too many mainstream sports to cover. However, if you're in a regional area um, like a Canberra or Bathurst or 
somewhere like that that has its own local news, then you're not going to be competing against Metropolitan Rugby League or AFL teams. So you're going to have a bit better chance, I think, of getting it to run. But in terms of the video content, I still think that for online and social media, it is still good to have as well. It's just a case of having that as part of your overall PR suite of things that you do, I suppose. Yeah. And when they're doing those media releases, whether it's video or written, is there some sort of format they should be following? So what's a general idea of a press release? Yeah, I think, you know, journalistic writing, you always want to put the headline grabbing stuff first. So too many people try and write it as a long-winded race report. You know, I started the race from this position and, you know, no, you start with the the most headline-grabbing piece of news content first. That's the, the golden rule of journalism is that every sentence needs to give the reader a reason to keep reading. So mm-hmm. that's, that would be my advice. But again, you know, that's why drivers would employ somebody like me to take care of that stuff for yeah. them. So, yeah. So tell us about the drivers that you do work with. Yeah, so I've got a really good roster of clients. I won't just talk about the drivers, actually, if I can. I'll, I'll mention some of the series that I've worked with as well because the series stuff that I do is actually, in many ways, you know, the, the driver stuff's really good. The series stuff, though, being able to promote a whole series, which then makes that series attractive for drivers to come and compete in, is, is even more of a challenge. So this year I've been very fortunate enough to work with the Australian Motor Racing Series in its inaugural year, which is the... Benalla Auto Club run and managed series, which has um, had six rounds this year. And it's uh, provided a place for quite a few categories to step up to a national level with the benefits of live streaming and the exposure and professionalism of a nationally run series. So this year, the AMRS has included categories like the Australian Formula Ford and the Australian Formula 3 Championships, um, and also categories like TA2, legend cars, miniature race cars and the Mazda RX-8 Cup that wanted to compete on a national stage. So for me, being able to produce content for that series and also to commentate for the live stream has been really exciting for me, given that it's been the first year of the series. And I've loved being a part of it, working with Wayne Williams and Chris Lewis Williams and the rest of the Benalla Auto Club team who are running it. You know, it's something that's going to become bigger and better and I'm loving being part of the journey. Um, in terms of the drivers, so the, the main drivers that I'm representing this year, uh, Tony Bates, he's been one of my longest standing clients. He races in the Australian GT Championship driving for the Audi Sport Customer Racing Team. I've also got Cameron Hill, who stepped up to Carrera Cup this year, actually got his best result of the season at Bathurst where he finished on the podium. Dylan O'Keefe, who's having a really good run in Carrera Cup, currently second in the championship. And Emily Duggan, who started off at the real grassroots levels of the sport in state-level XL racing. Um, And it's just an inspiration, not just to females, but for anyone who aspires to get involved in motor racing because she's done everything herself in terms of owning and running the team. And this year, she's competing at a national level in the Toyota 86 series. Yeah, and she's doing fantastic work. I think she's had two rounds now, two or three rounds. Bathurst was her fourth round in the series. Um, And, you know, again, considering it's her first year in a brand new series, for him to already be finishing in the top half of the field in some of the events has been a fantastic achievement. So, um, you know, Emily's, you know, works very hard, not just with the on-track stuff, but with the off-track stuff as well. She's very good at how she presents herself. 
So Lachlan, just tell us a little bit about those services in more details, like how exactly do you help those um, competitors? Are you like doing their social media accounts as well or what, what exactly are you doing for them? Yeah, so some of the drivers that I represent, I do help with their social media. Um, a lot of it is writing communications to um, help them generate media coverage, um, organising media appearances and interviews for them writing communications to go to their sponsors basically just general advice on how they can promote themselves because obviously sponsorship finding sponsorship finding the financial backing to be able to compete is very important the more exposure and press coverage that you can generate for yourself um, that really does give you something that you can then sell as part of a package to a sponsor it's not the only thing that sponsors are looking for because they're obviously looking for business to business relationships and ways that they can generate revenue for their company through being involved but if you can provide evidence that you're getting exposure that's definitely a big selling point to take to potential sponsors yeah i agree a hundred percent um and so what do you find are some of the biggest challenges you face yeah, well, <laughs> I think it's it's a role that always has its challenges. I think any time that you run your own business, it's always going to have its ups and its downs. I think dealing with racing drivers after they've had a bad weekend um, and having to just deal with some of those emotional moments that drivers might be having after they've, they've had a, a weekend that hasn't gone according to plan. As the media person, often you're sort of the first person that they want to talk to and vent to if they've not had the results that they're looking for. So that can sometimes present its challenges. From a, a media perspective, I think the biggest one is trying to continually come up with new news angles and you know fresh approaches to try and keep them in the spotlight. That is uh, always one of the challenges as well. Yeah, and so would you say that your role is more media management or what, what do you actually say that your role is? So I describe myself as a media manager. That's yeah. how I describe myself. So um, I, I don't like describing myself as a driver manager per se because going out and seeking sponsors for drivers is not really the space that I'm operating in because <laughs> um, that's more, that's probably more of a sales type role. So yeah. yeah, it's a very specific sort of expertise that I provide specifically in the media space. Awesome. And how can um, people, we spoke about contacting their local um, editor for the local sports paper um, and trying to contact other local media industry to get their media um, news out there. Um, what are some other tips or tricks um, that you can recommend for people to get more exposure? I think a lot of it just comes down to networking. So uh, putting yourself out and about um, in the local community or at motorsport events and just trying to meet as many people as you can, you know, trying to attend events where there's like-minded people, introducing yourself to people where you get the opportunity to. And do you do a lot of networking? I find in this industry, like there are limited opportunities to actually network with like-minded professionals. We don't seem to have like conferences or workshops and things like that. So do you personally do networking yourself? Um, I agree with what you're saying. Sometimes it can be a challenge and most of the networking that you do is often at the racetrack where you're wandering through the paddock and talking to people. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a tough one because... 
obviously during the week in between racing events, you're often very busy with work as well. So yeah, I, I think networking is definitely important and, and probably something that people like myself need to dedicate time towards as well, just to ensure that the services that we're offering are as good as they can be. Yeah, I think we're getting better at it. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think, you know, platforms like LinkedIn and, and other social media channels do make it easier as well to some extent. Well, there you go. Good topic. Uh, how um, important do you think it is for an athlete to be on LinkedIn? I'd say very important, particularly if you're involved in the motorsport industry, because it does open you up to uh, professional professionals within the sphere that you want to get involved in so yep i'd say that linkedin is um essential as are all social media channels do you have a preferred one um <laughs> well no i don't have a preferred one because i think that they're all they all serve their purpose depending on exactly what you're trying to achieve yep uh, I guess like uh, for trying to get more exposure around your business of so being an athlete, being, being your business. Um, I was thinking that maybe LinkedIn is, but I guess it's again, like where your demographic is. Yeah. Um, you know, Instagram's obviously becoming bigger and bigger as well. I mean, one of the things that I do again, coming back to my journalistic background is I do write blogs. I've got the checkered flag chat column that I write, which is on my website where I write about various topical issues within motorsport. And the best way to drive traffic to that is through social media. Now, Instagram's actually not great at driving traffic to websites, whereas, you know, Facebook, and LinkedIn probably are better at that. So um, again, it depends on exactly what you're trying to achieve. And do you think it's important for an athlete to have a website? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I do actually. I think that while social media is important, a website gives athletes a central hub to direct people to. So through a website, you can do things like posting news articles that you might not necessarily be able to post that well on social media channels. It also gives you an opportunity to capture an audience. And what I mean by that is getting people to subscribe to newsletters and that sort of thing. A lot easier to do that through a website than it is to do through social media channels. I agree 100%. However, now on Facebook... They do have that email sign-up tab available on your page. But then again, it's about promoting that you've got it available and um, doing a video or something, some sort to actually get someone to drive to it to sign up. So, Correct, yeah. And I, I think, you know, social media is something that's constantly evolving. So I, I think, you know, people like you and I need to just make sure that we keep on top of the latest trends so that we know what direction the industry is heading in so that we can maximise the potential of it. Yeah. And do you reckon um, with a race report at the end of the weekend, uh, is it something that they should be doing after every race or what do you try and, and educate your drivers around doing? Sorry, through social media posting, like what's their expectation? Do you say to them, hey, guys, this is what I expect for you at every race meeting? Do you leave it up to them? Do you guide them? My recommendation is social media posts after each like each individual race mm -hmm. for the more detailed sponsor wrap-up or media release that goes out to media outlets. Probably one of those at the end of the weekend is fine unless there is a specific reason for needing to issue a statement, e.g. if a driver crashes 
writes their car off, goes to hospital, and you might put out a media statement just to give media outlets an update as to what their condition is. Free um, that people can access around about, um, you know, PR um, or media training or anything like that along the services that you offer? I wouldn't say that I so much have any specific resources. What I would say is that, um, you know, people who want specific services or specific advice can get in touch with me via my website, which is cfmedia.com.au. Fantastic. And are you on social media as well? There, I think yes, so, so there are... Um, on Facebook, there is the Check and Flag Media Facebook page. There's also c.f.media on Instagram. And you can also just follow my personal Lachlan underscore Mansell Instagram feed as well. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn as Lachlan Mansell also. So people can feel free to add me on that if they want to get in touch. And I also noticed that one of the questions I think on your list was, have I ever competed in motorsport? So yeah. Just a, a bit of a fun anecdote. So I didn't used to, but then in 2016, Emily Duggan, who's now one of my clients, gave me a test in her Excel. And I actually went a lot better than I expected I was going to go and really enjoyed it. And what I also found was that that experience of driving a race car really enriched and enhanced my commentary because I had a from that point on a much deeper understanding of what was actually going on from the perspective of somebody behind the wheel. So um, from that point, I made it a goal to compete in at least one event every year. So I did the 24 hours of lemons at Wakefield Park in 2016. I ran in a, um, a Pulsar series enduro also at Wakefield Park last year. And this year there's an XL series enduro, which I'm going to be competing in as well. So um, again, I do like that longer distance race format and being able to actually get behind the wheel and compete, it's given me more of an appreciation for what drivers actually experience. I've been in a go-kart hot, like broke my pelvis oh. and my wrist. Yeah, I was pretty much bedridden for about 12 weeks in hospital and I've never driven ever again. But <laughs> Do you think you'll be brave enough to ever get back into it? Oh, I can't even. I struggled to get into an indoor go-kart. So, wow, okay. <laughs> I still definitely have the passion for it, but no, maybe uh, a tin top I should try around Winton. That's why I like a tin top because when you've got a seat and a harness and a roll cage and all of the safety gear, it does make you feel a lot more protected and a lot less vulnerable. Yep, I'll have to give it a try. So, Lucky, just to wrap, uh, wrap up today, uh, I've always finish off, what's your favourite racetrack in Australia? <laughs> well, I mean, the obvious answer would be Bathurst, um, but <laughs> I haven't actually driven around Bathurst at speed yet. So, um, I'd have to say Wakefield, just because it's the only one I've actually raced at properly. That's all right. I can be purely from a viewing um, perspective as well. As a spectator track, um, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to have commentated at lots of different racetracks. My favourite commentary box would have to be Phillip Island because it gives you, you get up in the tower and you've yep. got a 360 degree view of the circuit. It's awesome. Oh, that would be amazing. It's probably the only point of the track and then you've got that 360 degree view. Yeah, and Phillip Island always tends to produce pretty good racing as well, certainly in the categories that I've called there. But it's cold. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... Um, as I said to somebody the other day, Phillip Island and Sandown, you get four seasons in half an hour. Yep. At Bathurst, you get four seasons in 6.2 kilometres. 
<laughs> That's right. Very true analogy. Well, Lachlan, thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, obviously, all of Lachlan's details will be in today's show notes. And please get in contact with Lachlan. Uh, I'm sure he'll be able to give you a free consultation around all his services that he can offer you. Um, and it doesn't matter just to start. It's really the objective, isn't it, Lachlan? Just to start getting your name out there to improve your brand. Correct. And it's never too early to start. And it doesn't matter what level of motorsport you're in, whether it's state level, you know, whether or not you're actually aiming for a professional career, any level of publicity that you can generate for yourself certainly helps. Yeah. And definitely if you're looking for sponsors, because that's what they'll be looking for. Exactly right. And I mean, you know, it starts, it all has to start somewhere. So it starts small, but then, you know, let it snowball from there. (laughs) Very good. Thanks, Lachlan. And um, I'll have you around maybe next next year to see how everything's going with all those drivers and all those categories. You're a very busy guy. You said off air that you're even looking maybe to do some speedway commentary. That sounds very exciting. Yeah, well, I, I did a bit in the off season last year and I, I have to say I did quite enjoy it. So it's a way of keeping a bit of cash flow happening during the off season. So yeah, <laughs> probably give it a go again. Oh, we've got some interview with views coming up with some speed cars and some sprint car drivers soon so that'd be very exciting to see what they do and how they some of them are raced on tar as well as on the dirt and to to talk about their differential preferences awesome (laughs) all right lucky thanks again i'll see you around thanks Belinda. thanks for having me Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at win at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate T. Until next time, take care.